Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, another season preview for you know, one of the teams in baseball to get you ready for the fantasy baseball season. We're going to head to the AL West tonight to get you ready with the Seattle Mariners. And it's a fun team, young team, keeps building up team. You know, they're always ready to make trades and sign people and do all kinds of cool stuff. And there's some fantasy relevance this year on the Seattle Mariners that's going to really get us going in order to break all of that down. Got a friend of the show to come help us out here. You can find his work for he does football and baseball, tons and tons of work. Thirty uh, third team football, Rotoviz for baseball. You got Rotowire, you got baseball HQs, even in the forecaster this year. Like, talk about big time, folks. Um, you can find him on Twitter at Corbin underscore Young twenty one. Corbin Young, how we doing, my friend? What's up, Boba? Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, it's trying to get back into it. Once football is kind of over, it's like you got to slowly move yeah. my brain over to a different sport. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 funny that you say that because your brain is a big brain. Like I watched the way you, like uh, you tweet things, you write things. Like you, you get the analytics part of it, but you, and you can go deep onto things. Like you're very very sharp on this kind of stuff. So I enjoy your content and taking it, and even just like with your tweets that kind of get my mind thinking. Let alone your articles that are that are deep. But uh, like one of your recent tweets, like Wednesday or Tuesday or something. When you say like a list of pictures you started looking at, and like you mentioned, like Mitch Keller, I think was one of your tweets and other things. So it's like, yep, you're, you're getting back into it. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, maybe I'm probably doubling down on Mitch Keller, but you know, hey, we it's just like early list, early list, you know. We, we already saw a video, you know, he's working on pitches. You got to watch out. Like it's already coming out. So it's that time of the year where, you know, not a bad guy to double down on because the talent's there. It's just, man, can you put it together? Just put it together. That's all we're asking for. So. We'll see how that goes. Um, you got anything coming up at Rotowire or Baseball HQ you want to promote, or are you just kind of getting ready to get things going? Uh, yeah, for Baseball HQ, some of the facts and fluke stuff starting up here. Um, I think I might have one coming out next week or something. Uh, usually do a few American League players. So, yeah, that'll probably be coming out next week. And then after that, probably in February, I think it's almost every week we're starting to ramp up here. So, yeah, mostly that right now. Trying to reassess, doing some coaching, you know, yeah. for my daughter and other things. So trying to reassess the life schedule before I commit to too many things. What you mean, life gets involved? What are you saying, man? This is crazy. <laughs> no, like you are a hardworking man. So I always wonder, like, people ask how I can do so many of the things, and I'm like, Corbin's doing a lot of stuff too. Like he's 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 going behind the scenes a lot more than you think because. You know, podcasting is one thing, right? An article, it takes a lot of time to get that that research. So kudos to you, my friend. Looking forward to checking out those facts and flukes. Um, let's get into the Seattle Mariners, and we'll kick it off with the, the, the probably the funnest piece of the puzzle here in J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez, who burst onto the scene last year, just took took fantasy world by storm, took the baseball world by storm, which is absolutely amazing for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, slowed down a bit in the second half, but still overall really, really strong season for J-Rod. 28 homers, 25 steals hit 284 what do you got on him going into 2023 yeah definitely exceeded my expectations um you know i don't know if it was just uh jared kelnick just kind of not not getting you know not doing so well right off the bat that kind of just you know tempered my expectations for uh especially a young you know rookie coming up and doing that um 
Yeah, I mean, it, d- definitely an elite player, right? Especially for fantasy, right? It's kind of one of the rare cat- uh, rare players that goes like 25-25 or possibly pushing 30-30, you know, that kind of upside. Um, you know, hit to the top of the lineup, it's lead off for them. Uh, you know, if you want to pull Coles, pull Coles is mostly just kind of the ground ball rate. Maybe homer fly ball is too high. Uh, definitely makes a loud contact, right? But play discipline concerns have kind of, I've heard people kind of mention, you know, with him, but I think there's a chance he's only like 21 or something. And definitely, you know, some improvement there. Um, I think he definitely deserves to be in that top five, you know, where he's at, you know, with the kind of, I know they got more track record than him, of course, but like Trey Turner, Ronald Acuna, uh, Jose Ramirez. Um, and I think he's definitely worth that. Um, you know, I, I guess you could go with safer options, but I think he's worth, you know, go where the, where the cost is right now. Yeah. If you look at ADP on draft champions since Christmas day, there's been 14 drafts. He's uh, got an ADP of a uh, 3.14. He's gone as high as one, as low as five. So uh, it, it's, it's funny actually looking at it. There's four different players that have been drafted one, Turner, Acuna, Jay Ram, and Julio. So it just kind of depends on the draft you're in to see where he goes. So, yeah, you're right. It's um, he's, he's a beast. He's awesome. Um, everyone, there's there's a group of people that say maybe there's like a potential, you know, a little bit of, you know, sophomore slump coming up. But I just don't see it with him personally. But uh, I think he can just get better. Like he's young. Like he's just going to get better. You, you would think. So, yeah, pretty pretty solid uh, floor with a, a maybe a ceiling we haven't seen yet, like a thirty thirty type ceiling, like you're saying. So, lots of fun there with J Rod. Um, I made the joke earlier because everyone makes the joke that it's the dealing to Potos up there in Seattle, and uh, they went and got Teoscar Hernandez this off season. And we know uh, Teoscar with the with the Jays was a very very good middle of the order outfield bat for the Jays. Um, you know, it wasn't his best of seasons. He was a little banged up last year. but still finished very, very strong. And now he comes over to hit in the middle of the Seattle lineup. And, you know, it's a guy that could get you 20-plus home runs. You've seen 30 before, steals a few bags. He could be a big-time run producer in that lineup. So what are you kind of uh, thinking or expecting out of him in Seattle now? Yeah, yeah, I definitely I did digest the trade, but it was probably I was a little attached to Eric Swanson, but it was probably just uh, I don't know why I like I like weird pictures like that. But after thinking about it from like a real life and fantasy standpoint, like we needed a bat like this, right? Like the Mariners needed a bat like this. Um, you know, offense was definitely an issue. Um, so adding a guy like that while you you know swap out someone like Mitch Haniger, you know, not not that they're the same player, but they can kind of you know fill similar holes in terms of offensive category production, batting average, some power. I mean, Tasker's clearly got more power than Mitch Haniger. Um, you know, some could argue that it might be a little Babbitt driven, you know, but he traded some of the ground balls for line drives. Um, definitely a good athlete, you know, uh, like steals some bases, like you said. Uh, you know, play discipline might be a concern, but. Um, I, yeah, he's definitely a target of mine. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I'm going to these ceiling comparisons, but I think, uh, you know, like, a Aaron judge season is, I think within the cards with someone like him, right? Like, I mean, not, not 62 home runs, but something where we see something where he stays healthy, compiles all the plate appearances, you know, massive, you know, home run boost or something. I, I think he's got that within the range of outcomes, but even if it's just something similar to, you know, projection show, like, I mean, that's. That's respectable. I think there's more juice in the batting average than, uh, you know, some of the projections that might be giving them, uh, you know, projecting for him, though. Yeah, he's, he's such a pure hitter that I, I can see the batting average taking a jump as well. He has the ball so hard. Like, uh, I don't know if he's a shift guy. I haven't even really tried to figure all that stuff out. But uh, he's just such a, a good hitter that I, I can see the average coming back up, keep the pop in there, be quite productive. ADP of 76, he's not costing you a lot. That's a good spot to get maybe even your second outfielder, if not your first outfielder, and get some run out of them. So I, I definitely like the T-Oscar move. I've always been a team T-Oscar fan. So I, I like that move for him heading to Seattle. Um, Ty France. This is a fun one because Ty France, you know, with San, San Diego and in the minors is a big-time power bat. And he kind of finally got playing time. It was kind of, you know, it was good, but not great. Last year we saw it even more, 20 home runs. He kind of took another step up. But one thing he's done is hit for average everywhere he goes, hits the ball really hard. Uh, I like his plate discipline. For I, don't, I think that the only that gets talked about enough for a guy like Ty France. So what do you see with him? He's a guy that they have projected to hit potentially second in that lineup right now, and uh, that could become a big run producing situation for a guy with his uh, contact skills. Yeah, he's definitely a bit of a compiler, right? You know, he's got a ton of plate appearances past couple of years. I think he was like maybe eighth among first baseman past two years in terms of plate appearances. Uh, yeah, he's just a good hitter. You know, I, I, you know, probably it's not really data driven, but there are a lot of times where I watch him games and he just, you know, he just 
you get some clutch hits when it matters, you know, from a real life standpoint, um, you know, great play discipline, like you're saying, just a really good hitter. Um, you know, I don't think, uh, the power ceiling is quite there. I think eight to 20 is probably a safe range, but yeah, if you're going to hit at the top of the mirrors, you know, improved lineup, that's definitely going to, you know, you could easily do like a hundred, 150, 160 runs plus RBI or something in there. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's go to Eugenio Suarez. Now, this is this is a guy that's like, okay, everyone's, oh, he does for a bad average, blah, blah, blah. He hit for a really bad average like once or twice. Otherwise, he's usually actually hit pretty well. And last year kind of got a little bit of a bounce back after two rough seasons. One thing you know you're going to get from him, Corbin, is a lot of power. That's what you're going to get, a lot of power. So how are you approaching Eugenio Suarez in your 2023 season? Like, are you just going to build bad and average elsewhere and take the power? Or are you just kind of avoiding him because there's concerns with uh, Suarez? Yeah, he's the guy that I definitely like in it last year. Um, you know, I put this in our notes, but he was just a guy that, you know, I, I kind of had be a little more patient with someone coming off shoulder surgery. Um, you know, so he was about two years removed. Um, you know, I think there's definitely an argument to be made that, you know, coming off a shoulder surgery uh, can definitely impact some hitting mechanics and some power. Um, you know, I think he definitely stood out because before the shoulder, shoulder surgery, he's one of those guys that had like one of the tightest launch angles. I think, uh, Alex Chamberlain had this like old article in Fangrass maybe in 2019 or something just showed some of the hitters with like the tightest launch angles and he was on there, you know, with like some really good hitters. So it's kind of those things where, and then I looked at that after, you know, before last year and it was just, it was just so wide, like it was just so drastic. So uh, not that those two are connected, but that was kind of my theory there. Uh, Yeah, I think, you know, we're not going to get the 270, 280 kind of prime batting average seasons anymore, I think at this point. Um, But definitely kind of that, yeah, like you got to, bake in that uh that batting average risk there because he's turning into that prototypical power hitter pull heavy high flat ball you know nearly at exit velocities um uh, yeah i don't i'm trying to see if there could be some you know the hard part is he just hits too many fly balls at this point you know i don't think the the batting average is ever coming back yeah, and that's a great point. Is you know he's a, he's adjusted his, I guess uh, I don't know skill. I guess skill set from what he once had. Like you said, if he's a heavy fly ball fly ball guy, especially in Seattle, it's not going to bode well all the time there. So that that could come to to fruition. But he uh, that power, it's hard to find at his point in the draft. So if you can uh, adjust batting average elsewhere, that could be pretty big. Uh, another player that the Seattle Mariners traded for this year is Colton Wong, a guy I've always been a fan of. Always thought the skills were good there, especially at his draft price. It's always just doesn't get the respect, I think, come draft day, at least me personally. He's got like 15-15 upside to me year in and year out. Um, what are your thoughts on him going to Seattle? Because there's like there's rumors of him potentially platooning, which I don't see him pl- – If at worst, it's the strong side. But h- how do you see uh, Colton Wong playing out in Seattle this year? Yeah, first I was kind of like – it was a – when I first saw the trade, I was like, okay, you know, and it's so trying to think through, but I think it, it felt a need, right. They don't have Adam Frazier anymore. They kind of need a second baseman, uh, you know, Abraham Toro bench, bench utility guy. Like there's just no, you know, um, uh, yeah, you know, he, I, he missed a ton of time with a calf injury about a month or so. I kind of looked at some of the splits. I mean, he doesn't really hit the ball hard, but I, I would guess that maybe the calf injury was definitely bothering him. Um, I, I used to see, this is where the data comes in, right? It's like you, I used to think of him as, as a solid defender and he was like God awful last year on defense. Um, I mean, hopefully it's just something that he can work. Maybe it was the calf, be, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Not be that terrible. Um, you know, I, even, even if he's just, you know, not that great anymore, I, I don't, you know, I don't know if the Mariners can really afford to be playing anyone else there. Um, even if it's a strong side platoon. And like you're saying, it's kind of that 15-15 profile or 12-12. It's nothing exciting, but, um, you know, it's 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 something, you know, it's like, especially at second base, like it's going to be something where, you know, you're going to take, you, you'll plug him in if you need to, but I, I wouldn't be like relying on him all here. You definitely want to see that. I mean, he's probably going to, what, get platoon with Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty or something. The bench for the Mariners looks a little concerning. I like the starting lineup, but the, the depth after that looks a little concerning. Yeah, because like I heard the Dylan Moore thing too, and I'm like, yeah, I get it if it's a lefty on the mound because Wong isn't the best for his lefties, but it's like Dylan Moore. Like I think we've kind of seen who Dylan Moore is, but maybe that's what he's best used for, is face lefties and, and call it a day. Um, the Wong thing, that defense, I haven't looked at that because I remember writing him up for an article somewhere 
when he went to Milwaukee from St. Louis, and he was like one of the best defenders in all of baseball at second base. So I wonder what happened if it was injuries, just getting older, or what it was with him. Because yeah, I'm with you. He used to be one of the best defensive second basemen in all the baseball. So to hear you say his metrics just went to garbage, basically, that's pretty crazy. Uh, thinking he he fell off that far, especially with the pitching rotation that we'll get into that the Mariners have. You think they'd want to shore up that second base up the middle defense? So. Interesting point there. And when I'm, when I'm saying draft him in, in leagues, what I like to draft him is like my middle infield late round. Like I'm not relying on him for everything, like you're saying. So good point there. Let's go to the catcher's position here. Cal, Cal Raleigh, big season. Didn't hit for average. Almost Mike Zunino-esque with what he did. 211 at that average, 27 home runs. Though we saw him hit for some power in the minors from time to time. Batting average has really never been his friend, though. So how like people are drafting him. You know, I'm not saying high, but pretty high for a catcher. Uh, how do you foresee Cal Raleigh in 2023? Because I'm kind of nervous with that batting average and swing and miss he has. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got the best nickname, right? Big Dumper. I mean, I Big can't dumper, get that out of my yeah. head every time I think of that guy. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, um, I, I'm just – I put a note in here. Just uh, Every time I look into some players like this, I like to look at some of the Rotorai or player pages, just see what the news say. You know, I remember he hurt his thumb. Uh, while catching or something, uh, you know, I don't know if that's going to impact him, you know, heading into next year. Um, that could obviously impact some of the defense, some of the power. Um, but, you know, he does he does really dominate on one side of the plate as a lefty. You know, he pulls a ton of fly balls on that side. He hit 24-27 his home runs over on the left side of the plate. Um, but obviously way more play-to-play appearances uh, as a lefty. Um yeah, exit velocities are near elite. You know, uh, might not be able to sustain some of the home run to fly ball rates. Um, got, his fly ball rate is like way too high. I think that needs to level out a little. Um, you know, we can't really be hitting the f- uh, fly balls over fifty five percent of the time. Uh, <laughs> that's that seems like a little uh, excessive there. So hopefully, some regression there. Um, you know, I, I yeah, I heard the Mike Zunino comps too with you know batting average drain and stuff, but. You know, I was scanning through the forecaster, and they have a pretty optimistic, you know, X, XBA for him about 243. That's not bad. So, yeah. So, some projected improvement. Um, you know, I, I mean, even if it's, you know, 240, 235, I think that's probably, you know, okay. Um, I, I mean, I, I catch it. I know there's a big discussion about catchers. Like, do you get them early? Do you wait? Um, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of two catcher league, so I usually just wait because I, I can't like stomach like the the part time catchers. But then, yeah. I think there's some value in like trying to get a guy like Cal Riley that's probably going to play almost every day or you know, 75 percent of the of the plate appearances for for catcher, um, and you know has elite power. I you know we'll have to see. Um, Obviously, he's, he's going to hit a home run, so it's just kind of like you're going to have to stomach some of that batting average. But maybe the plate appearances outweighs kind of the, you know, terrible batting average because after like the first seven or eight, catcher kind of falls off. So yeah, falls off quickly. So yeah, if he plays 130 or so games, and maybe he does get to that 240-ish area that the forecaster has, that could be pretty solid, all things considered. When uh, it's all said and done, another acquisition for the Mariners this year. This was a signing, though, not not a trade. AJ Pollock. And this is one that I've had some people say, oh, you're crazy. And then other people go, oh, you got a point here. It's like, I look at him and I, I know health's an issue. He played in 138 games last year, which is the most he's played in since 2015. So I'll take that as a, as a yes. But still has a little bit of pop, can hit for a little bit of an average. Like he's not a world beater, but you're not paying a massive draft day price for him either. Um, how do you see him playing out in Seattle? Because I guess the biggest concern would be him potentially like platooning or something. But like you mentioned, there's not a lot of depth on that that bench right now so as long as he's healthy i think he gets the shot but you'd probably have a better ear on this than i do there's no i in team but there is one in indeed and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours when you're hiring you need indeed instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was surprised too. He only hit the IL one time with a hamstring injury. <laughs> Didn't have another injury for the entire 2022 wow. season. Wow. Uh, I feel like uh, that probably is rare for AJ Pollock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> second most played appearances, you know, of his career last year. Yep. Um, you know, he's definitely aging, you know, turning about 35 years. So, um, you know, high ground ball where it doesn't hit a ton of you know home runs so but play discipline's okay um you know he's definitely declining some power skills probably more of a hitter streamer in your deeper leagues you know maybe i don't know what his adp is but maybe like fifth outfitter you know bench back kind of guy that you're kind of streaming in and out of there um he feels like a kind of guy that you like pick up on the waiver on 15 team leagues and you just like ride a few you know good matchups here and there ride a streak here and then you just kind of you know churn it if it's not there um yeah he's he's slotted in at dh um for the mariners um and they definitely need kind of a you know like a extra right hand about there but it might help his health and playing time at dh so but yeah i think he kind of fits in he's not a super sexy name he's not you know someone that's gonna win you any leagues but he, he might be kind of sneaky and like decent, maybe like a, maybe not the same, but like a, like a cheaper, maybe not, maybe he's not cheaper. Maybe like a Andrew McCutcheon light kind of guy, you know, where it's just like a pretty decent hitter. Give you give you a little bit of home runs, maybe not as many um, steals or anything, but. It's funny you mentioned McCutcheon because Pollock's going about 438 right now. Kutch is going 430. So they're going right next to each other. So yeah, it's a, it's a good comp, a really good comp. Uh, McCutcheon, they both have the starting job for now, but we'll see where it goes. Seattle's obviously a better team than Pittsburgh. So interesting comp, that's for sure. Definitely something to, to keep in mind. Uh, the last bat that I have highlighted, we'll talk about a few more here in a second, is Jared Kalenic. And this one is just like, it's frustrating. I know it's going to be more frustrating being a Mariners fan, but it's like you can see the talent at times, and then it just kind of disappears. He looks lost. And like Ryan uh, Bloomfield had his, four, his first four, uh, speculator of the year come out on Wednesday. We're recording this Wednesday night. Um, it came out, and there's a little spot in there about Kalenic. Uh, so what are you thinking about uh, him coming in 2023? Because he's not costing what he used to, so he's kind of enticing to me. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to check out uh, Ryan's article there. Um, yeah, I, d- I did his blurb in the forecaster, so I'll just kind of summarize a little bit, you know, what I put in there. You know, j- obviously, you know, he was a top prospect, fell real, real hard again, you know, dreadful batting average, had some power and speed. Um, power metrics took a step forward, you know, contact rate improved a little bit in the second half. Um, problem is the samples are so small, right? Like he comes up for a little bit, he struggles, they sent him down. Uh, you know, comes up for a little bit, goes back down, you know, past couple of years. Um, you know, there, there are a couple of home runs that stick in my mind where he's like pulled them right down the line and hit the foul pole. And I'm just like, mm, like, like that's yeah. nice. But, but yeah. not, it's like you're sneaking one in there that you probably shouldn't be sneaking in there. Um, you know, so it's hard to really find some, you know, m- you know, actionable takeaways. Uh, the only thing I kind of noted in the notes here is that hopefully the contact rate improves a little bit more, maybe fewer fly balls, right? Like maybe, you know, elevating it a bit too much for him there. Um, I I think there's a chance where, you know, the upside could be like 15-15 with a kind of brutal batting average, maybe like 210 or so, 220. Um, I mean, obviously that'd be a big step forward (laughs) coming from where he was was at already. Uh, But yeah, if he can, you know, make some slight improvements, even if the batting average is poor, he definitely has the skills to, you know, put up some of the power speed to kind of buoy that fantasy valley. Right. A lot of times there's players at the end of the year, like you look at their line you're like, Whoa, how did, how did this guy finish the season? You know, well, with this much uh, earned auction value or whatever. And it's usually because they got some speed or they chipped in, you know, some home run and some speed and they weren't, you know, they might've been terrible otherwise, but. Yeah, no, he's a he's a tough one. So I'm 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 inclined to give him a shot. Like you said, he's he's still young. He's still young. So it's like there's there's time to establish. And one thing I, you you said that I, I really take in is it's not even just the uh, the all the the metrics and everything. It's 
it's been such small samples. Like, how can a young player get established in such small samples? That's the frustrating part. And the Mariners are contending, so they can't afford to let him, you know, slump it up. But it's like they almost need to start the season and give him a good run and see what he can do and go from there. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, any other hitters worth mentioning? You see, you have a few down here in the notes that you'd like to to bring up real quick. Yeah, like I mentioned, the depth is just not great, right? So, like the most you know relevant guys are like Dylan Moore, Sam Haggerty. Um, you know, we've seen them pop up 15 team, five off federal leagues, you know, here and there. Uh, they both kind of have some power and speed. Um, Dylan Moore is more of the sexy name because he has like the exit velocity stuff. Sam Haggerty's more a little bit more of a batting average guy, but mostly just utility guys. Um, you know, like I said, the, the depth is definitely lacking as I kind of digest the depth chart a little bit. Even the even some of the prospect like hitters, I don't, you know, don't really strike me as like guys that are going to make a big impact. Um, so there might be more moves, but as of right now, yeah, not just kind of more, not, nothing too exciting to draft. Oh, that let, let Depoto figure it out. He'll, he'll make some moves if needed. Uh, let's go to the pitching staff here for Seattle. And this is where it gets fun too, because Luis Castillo, who I think we most fantasy players slash baseball players have always liked Castillo and always said, just get him out of Cincinnati. Well, what better place to go to than Seattle? And he flourished in Seattle was outstanding. And he basically has earned the ace moniker, almost even in fantasy circles. Uh, how do you foresee him having a full 2023 season in Seattle this year? Yeah, he's another one that um, I I wrote up his uh, forecaster box, and I definitely was like impressed, and I was like, okay, I think there's something, you know, something here, right? Um, he had a shoulder injury to begin last year. Um, I think he we could have seen that career. Uh, if he hadn't had the shoulder injury, obviously we didn't know the Seattle trade was happening, but if we kind of look at like, if he were to pitch more innings, I think we would have seen a career type year. Um, uh, swap changeups for more four seamers, you know, uh, had better uh, K minus BB games, um, fewer ground balls with four seamer, uh, but the X ERA X whip are all kind of aligned with the, uh, you know, final line there. So with the actual ERA and whip, um, you know, Best swing and strike rate on the four-seamer, up over four percentage points. Um, I, I do like that he, you know, not so analytical here, but I do like that he kind of used a pitch that isn't so predictable, right? We're so used to the changeup in the sinker, and it kind of just, like, runs the same way, um, you know? So I do like a pitch that kind of changes, you know, maybe the view for the hitter and stuff like that. Uh, you know, I think Seattle's done a really nice job on the pitching end, Um uh, just kind of, I've I liked what they've done with some of the pitching development, um, especially with the young guys and any of the guys that come over. Um, so I'm definitely kind of trusting them um, as one of the better kind of pitching development organizations. But, you know, maybe they don't have the same uh, value or na- name recognition as guys like the Dodgers or the Marlins or whatever, you know, all these other teams that we think of. But I think they have something good going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, there's potential career best season. Um, you know, I don't want to say this too loud, but I think he's a steal where he's going right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think I tweeted something today, and Will Garofalo was like, "Okay, delete this tweet right now." So, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think there's definitely, um, you know, if I'm waiting a little bit, I'm on SP, or if I can get you know Luis Castillo my SP two, I'm all over that. I I think there's a career best season incoming here of like 200 inning picks, 200 plus strikeouts. So that'd be outstanding. Yeah, he has ADP of 63 right now. He's probably like the you know eighth or ninth starting pitcher off the board, if not even farther back than that right now. So yeah, it's a a really great spot to get some value there with Luis Castillo. So I'm with you there. I, I can't wait to see how his ADP changes because I think more and more people are going to have to catch on to just how good he is. I think it's coming, but maybe not. It's uh, Pitching's falling so far in drafts, so maybe it stays that way. And I think you're on to something about the Seattle Mariners building a great pitching philosophy or whatever you want to call it there. There's a couple of young guys we'll talk about shortly. It makes a lot of sense for what they have going on there. Let's talk about Robbie Ray, who came over from Toronto last year and, you know, come off the Cy Young season. I don't think many people thought he could be that good, but he was still very, very good. Very good. The strikeouts are there. He's an innings eater, like you'd hope for. Ratios are still fine. You know, they're not the like high twos. They're more like mid to high set threes, but still very solid stuff. So, what are your thoughts on Robbie Ray, who's kind of done it back to back seasons now? Where when he was at Arizona, it was always always walks, 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 and he's kind of showing us that he's become a different pitcher now. Yeah, yeah, like you said, definitely a workhorse, right? Like definitely, um, you know, even even better than earlier in his prime years or better years in Arizona, right? 
um yeah i think the in 2021 it was just pounding the zone pounding the zone you know and just kind of pounding with the stuff and just like you know, letting hitters hit it um but yeah definitely it's you know just a couple interesting notes you know robbie ray lowered the four seamer usage um down almost 20 percentage points from 2021 um it kind of increased the slider in the sinker um the sinker was probably most notable kind of went up quite a bit uh wasn't great you know, from a result standpoint, 530 slug, 406 Wobo, um, you know, but could be another thing where it's just, he just kind of locating it, putting it in a different spot. And, you know, it's kind of giving it a different look for some hitters, uh, serving its purpose, inducing ground balls. Um, but yeah, it was kind of interesting because he hadn't really used a sinker that much in a really long time since like 2015. Um, you know, not that that's going to translate into strikeouts, but, um, you know, maybe it helps lower some home run rates, although home runs are always a problem with robbery. But so, yeah, always a problem. But like, then again, that ballpark, if you don't walk as many guys, they, you know, instead of two and three run homers, get the solo homers. We, we can live with that. We can, we can live with that from Robbie Ray. So, very, I, I was kind of out on him last year because his ADP went so high after the Cy Young season. Um, I'm kind of happy where he is now. Like, I can live with Robbie Ray, especially as my SP2 or SP3 if you want to get real aggressive on pitching. He's not not a bad option there for sure. Now we get to the young guns, and we'll start with Logan Gilbert, who two years ago kind of got their late season ups and downs. We saw like some of the the stuff that was great, some of the hey, it's first time around the bigs. Last year, phenomenal, low three ERA, pitched 185 innings, which was outstanding. Um, I think personally, he can take another step potentially. Like this guy is really good. You'd have better uh, ideas of this than I do. So, what do you think of Gilbert in 2023? Yeah, a couple of quick notes on Castillo and Ray that I forgot. Um, you know, usually you think of Ray and Castillo, like their whip sucks, you know, but like mm-hmm. actually it's been a bit better the last couple of years. Um, you know, they've kind of lowered their walk rates past couple of years, limiting the hits. So, um, you know, don't don't think of Cass- Luis Castillo and Rob Ray as like guys that just like destroy your rip- whip anymore. They could be like, you know, league average or okay, right? So, uh, yeah, Logan Gilbert um, – you know, the the Mariners had this philosophy. I remember Jerry DePoto mentioned this early on, and I don't know why it just stuck in my brain, but I remember one of press conference you talked about just like controlling the strike zone, you know, it's kind of a f- philosophy for this team. Um, and that seems to be generally uh, you know, kind of his the type of guys that they try to bring in or or draft or have uh, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby fit that mode, Ty France kind of fits that mode. Um, you know, guys are they limiting the walks or they have good play discipline and stuff like that. Um, yeah, Gilbert's a big dude, right? Six foot six. He doesn't have overpowering stuff, but he really has good command. Um, you know, overall swing and strike rate dropped a little bit, but like you're saying, took a pretty big workload jump um, from 2021 to 2022. Um, you know, slider and changeup, you know, didn't perform as well as a rookie year, so that could raise some red flags. Um, yeah, I think what you're saying, there's a couple scenarios that come to mind, right? Like there's a scenario where Gilbert's stuff improves and, you know, especially on the non-fastballs because the four-seamer is so good, uh, you know, maybe takes a leap up, right? Maybe there's another level in terms of strikeout rate. Um, you know, I think there's another scenario where he's just kind of that guy that maybe the stuff's not overpowering, but the command's so good. I, I hate to use like a Kyle Hendricks, but, you know, some just a guy that can kind of outperform some of the expected metrics, um you know and and kind of just kind of continue to do that um but yeah the tr- trouble is he goes in this weird range of pitchers or not weird but interesting right like where it's like there's you know you could be buying the bounce back or you could buy the next guy we're going to talk about you know or or you're gonna you're gonna pay it for someone that you feel a little bit better out um I, I definitely do like him. I definitely kind of liked him coming to the year. Um, I do like that they're not relying on him as like their ace, primary ace, right? Like they've added Luis Castillo and Rabiriev, of course, obviously, the past couple of years. But I think if he was to be like the real life staff ace, that might be a problem, you know, in the long run, because he's just not that, you know, if you think about like a three game series or something in the playoff, he's just not a guy that you're going to be like, all right, this guy's going to, this guy's going to, you know, I'm not going to, he's not Justin Verlander or somebody that you're going to put out there. Sure. That's just going to you know, dominate the game. Uh, but his, his command is definitely really good. So um, I, I like the, you know, again, he just limits the ratios. Uh, you know, he might get by, by outperforming um, some of the metrics there, um, but, you know, probably expect some regression in the ratios to be, be the smart thing to do. So, I could see some people fading it for the for the next guy that we're going to be talking about here. 
Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned where he's getting uh, ADP right now, like right in front of him. Nestor Cortez, Luis Severino, Hunter Green, right after him, Kyle Wright, Blake Snell, Nick Lodello, all within like five or six picks of them. They're all in that little range. Like you said, next breakouts or bounce backs or interesting uh, realm of, of pitching options there. But you mentioned the next guy. This is what's fun about Seattle is like forever it seemed like they had really good pitching and the offense was kind of, you know, not there or really good offense. And you had Felix Hernandez. It's like, what are we going to do? Got both now because now I got, you're four deep in this rotation. It goes with George Kirby who – really like there was a bunch of high hopes for him obviously coming in but 130 really good innings it felt like or overall really good season in the end and um how, how do you foresee him in 2023 maybe taking the next step as well yeah george kirby and lord gibbert similar model right control the strike zone uh you know limit the walks uh don't give a ton of home runs you know really good four seamer fastball um just he he, you know kirby we know the story with kirby just had a ton like a ridiculously low walk rate throughout his rookie and college you know seasons that kind of stood out um you know like gilbert kirby's four seamer is the his best pitch um you know there are times i think early in one of his debut starts where i, I tried to watch you know a little bit more of his starts and he was just painting you know just like throwing the four seamer wherever you wanted um, felt like maybe a little too reliant on the fastball at times, but you know, if, if he's, if he's confident in that pitch and it's kind of one of his best pitches, I can see that. Um, so I, I think like Kirby or like Gilbert, I think if Kirby can kind of develop a little bit of some of the secondaries, um, and I think there's, you know, maybe if the results don't show up, I think he's probably going to build upon adding, you know, more effective breaking pitch or something along those lines. I think we could definitely see a, a leap up, uh, you know, for expecting a similar workload jump to something like Gilbert um, from 2021 to 2022. That might be a little too much, uh, you know, for someone like Kirby. I think more of like the 140, 150 range, like he's kind of projected is probably more reasonable. Um, so with that, you're probably, you know, with if you're only getting like 150, you know, innings pitch, if I'm shooting on the high end and you're getting pretty good ratios, you know, you're looking at Drew Rasmussen type of guy, you know, kind of guy, like, you know, that's the kind of pitcher you're looking for, I think. Um, so he's probably going to have to be pretty efficient. Um, you know, now if you're projecting more volume, that's where, um, you know, I, I, I think he's just going to be kind of like a, like a per inning, you know, basis. He's going to be like, quality right so i think that's kind of what we're looking at with this kind of guy um you know definitely a command over stuff pitcher but uh i think the mariners could kind of develop his stuff a little more and or maybe yeah maybe he might be like gilbert like i said where i'll perform some of the expected metrics and pitches better than you know what some of the data might indicate so yeah it's interesting looking at uh you know castillo's in a, in a world of his own come adp but Robbie Ray's at 98, Gilbert's at 113, and Kirby's at 93. So Kirby's going ahead of Robbie Ray and like 20 picks ahead of Logan Gilbert. So people are on the Kirby train, and it's probably why I don't have many shares of Kirby yet, and I have more shares of Gilbert and Ray at this point in time. But interesting, uh, interesting set of starting pitchers there in Seattle. Uh, let's go to the bullpen now. You know, it's a very, very good bullpen. As we know, Paul Seawald has been outstanding. Um, when he's either in the high leverage or the closing duties, done a little bit of both. He was the primary closer when all things were said and done last year. Um, we have like Andres Munoz, you have Diego Castillo. Rash might be better in the bullpen. How are you assessing this uh, bullpen situation with Seattle, who at times it was just kind of like all about leverage and not really caring about a, a designated closer, and then there's other parts of the year where I feel like it was, it was Paul's job, and that's about it. Yeah, uh, Paul Sewell definitely wasn't as dominant uh, last year. Uh, you know, K minus BB was at 30, over 30% in 2021. Uh, still respectable, 22.7% uh, in 2022. Um, home runs are a problem with Sewell. You know, you can't um, come in and average, uh, you know, 1.4 home run per nine, you know, um, uh, as, as as a closer, right? You're kind of trying to limit the walks, limit the home runs there. Um yeah, the, like you said, the Mariners are definitely willing to share those save opportunities with other bullpen arms. I think Andres Munoz is probably the most skilled reliever um, in that bullpen, you know, um, just in terms of stuff and, uh, you know, just closer type, you know, arsenal as well, or just like, a, you know, nasty fastball 
touches or reaches over 100 miles per hour on a regular basis you know filthy filthy slider too um obviously the market's kind of picked up on that i think munoz has the the edge in terms of adp for the Mariners, um uh, closer role or shared closer role so um i'd probably lead munoz just kind of based on some skills there um uh Part of part of it lingers in my mind that maybe he's like a Devin Williams, where maybe he's just a skilled reliever that like maybe you know maybe he might not lock down the closer role, uh, but you know uh, could still have some value, you know. Uh, but I think I think by the end of season, Munoz could definitely take over that. Um, yeah, Diego Castillo. I used to be a new him. He's kind of up and down. He's had he's had some some of his issues. Um, you know, Matt Fessel is a fun name, but probably just more of a, you know, sixth, seventh inning kind of bullpen guy. Matt Brash is another guy. Yeah. You know, we remember those, whatever the first couple starts were yeah. just straight, <laughs> straight filth. But, you know, when the command's poor and you walk too many batters and we become problem. But, um, yeah, the only note, uh, interesting note on Brash, I think, um, uh, that's kind of notable is obviously the K minus BB drastically improved from 2.1% as a starter to, over 21 percent uh as a reliever but yeah and as a reliever he relied more on the slider he kind of lowered the four seamer uh the slider is pretty filthy so that just got you know something notable that they kind of made a change for him um when he went to the bullpen um i think i saw it might have been like a bold predictions article in athletic or something uh, one of the b writers i think he mentioned something about like maybe uh brash could you know possibly make it his way into the rotation by the end of the season or something you know it's kind of a bold call i could see that happening um you know i'm marco gonzalez is as safe as it gets <laughs> but you know if, if matt brash can develop into filthy fifth starter i mean I'll, I'll take that take that any day so or you almost you could almost put Brash with Marco into like an opener situation, and because it took two different righty lefty, two different complete styles of pitching, like that could be a whole loop there too. So, yeah, yeah it's funny you mentioned Marco. I was doing some quality starts digging recently, and of all the guys that showed up on back to back seasons of putting up like decent quality start numbers, Marco Gonzalez is on the list just because he's boring and just like puts it together, and it's nothing fancy, doesn't strike guys out, but he gets you like six and three every time. <laughs> Yeah, he just eats innings. Yeah, strikeout rate sucks, but yeah. more real life value than fantasy, probably. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Before we head out of here, let's talk prospects. Uh, some teams have some pretty relevant prospects, some don't. Uh, how are the Seattle Mariners looking in twenty twenty three? Yeah, I think uh, you know, in terms of ETA standpoint, I I don't think there's a ton of you know fantasy impact type prospects that are going to be coming up in the Mariners. I think we kind of had some of that wave already. Um, obviously they've traded some other and bigger names away, uh, like Noel V Marte and Brandon Williamson on the pitcher end to the Reds and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, some of those, some of those guys might not be there. Um, like I said, the depth isn't that great. You know, I was kind of mostly looking at players on the 40 man. Cause that seems like a little more actionable at this point. Um, Cooper Hummel, I mean, felt like a name that came up last year. I think, didn't he have like catcher eligibility or something or yeah. something yep. like that? Yes, so, did. but he doesn't have catcher eligibility anymore, so maybe he's less relevant. Uh, you know, he doesn't chase a ton. He's got a little bit of power and speed. Um, you know, but again, it's just there's not a ton of depth there. Evan White, you know, uh, I liked him kind of heading, you know, when he first came up there, uh, had some buzz. Uh, had a pretty good battle rate, some max EV in 2020, but battled some injuries. I think he was like a defensive first, uh, you know, first baseman. So, but you know, Ty Francis kind of got that locked down there. So, you know, he probably got to be platoon at some point. Um, yeah. The only other guy, and I don't even know if he's relevant, but he just kind of popped in my mind when I was searching through, I was like, I'll be honest, I'm not too locked in all these Mariners prospects. You know, I only have a, a capacity for knowing yeah, so many players. Yep. There was even a player. I think I did another Mariners pal last year and there was a guy like, uh his nickname was like a rod or something like uh something and i was just like uh uh dave eddie put him on the list and i was just like i i don't even it was alberto rodriguez so it looks like he's he might have got dfa'd but he was just like a, he was just like a dude that i was like i don't know what, what you want me to say about this guy yep. but i got no clue other than staring at his fingers that's funny um, 
but here's here's the here's the here's the I don't say unknown because obviously some of the prospect guys know about this guy, but Prelander Burrow, I'm probably totally butchering, but this guy's on the 40 man roster. He's a pitcher. Um, he's got filthy strikeout stuff, uh, but the walk rate has been awful, 70. percent um, Definitely stuff for command guy. Um, so I was trying to look over some of the you know prospect live notes and some of the scouting reports there. Uh, you know, it's kind of rare that you see a guy with a 70, 80 grade fastball and slider, but uh, commands uh, 40 grades. So that that, that tells here. us that, <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, probably might turn into a reliever uh, most likely or or something's, you know, something's really got to change. But stuff's pretty electric. If you watch, I see a few highlights, you know, touches about 102, uh, you know, touch triple digits pretty often with the fastball uh, sliders pretty filthy. Um, but yeah, the command and kind of efficiency with the walks are probably a problem. Um, again, just a name that's on the 40 man, you know, in case uh, you see this guy that his name is Prelander Baroa pop up in double A. Uh, it looks like he was traded from a, uh, from the Giants at one point. So, of course, of course, it means um, he'll probably be pretty good. So, you're, you'll be good, you'll be good to go there. Yeah, they'll Don, figure Don, it out. Donovan Walton is Donovan Walton. Is he still around? <laughs> I remember <laughs> that, that. I heard that, that name. That was the transaction, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I have no so. idea. Yeah. It's uh, the Giants are a whole other world of uh, question marks for me these days. That's just uh, what are they doing right now? But we'll see. That Burrow one could be interesting just for the fact that if he is that going to get any kind of command, he could have some kind of bullpen roll at some point in time that could make things kind of interesting, like you said, for for you know deeper leagues and whatnot that could be a, a fun one if people keep an eye on that but uh yeah not a ton of prospects for this season I've, that's a, a theme with a bunch of teams right now that are kind of on the cusp of going for it they've like you said they've either traded them or they're up already so they've kind of gone through that slew they're not in the as much rebuilding process as one would say but they're loaded they got that big four starting pitchers for sure they got bats especially at the top of the order the depth is the question mark just for fun here, because they did make the playoffs last year. I think most of everyone that wasn't rooting was, was rooting for them, basically, because they're just a fun team, and that was just a heartbreaker series. Like, it was just crazy. Um, how do you – like, just as a fan, put your fan hat on. This is an analyst fan, fan hat. What are your expectations this year? Um, well, I don't like that the Rangers are making so many free agency moves. <laughs> yeah, they're actually getting competitive um, right now. It's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, so you know, the, they've got some pretty legit guys uh, that could be, you know, add to the competition there. Um, I mean, Astros are still going to be the team to beat, you know, unfortunately. Um, athletics definitely kind of in the, you know, bottom dwellers. They're going to have to, you know, rebuild there. Um, I, I think... Again, I think 2022 definitely exceeded my expectations. Um, you know, it kind of we needed Julio Rodriguez to hit. You know, I'm trying. I'm just trying to backtrack, right? It's like we needed this to hit. We needed George Kirby and uh, you know Logan Gilbert to kind of be who they are. Um, Castillo was you know a gift, obviously, to get get a ace type guy like that. Um, I, I think we need a little more depth. Um, you know, uh, somehow the Astros just keep churning out depth like Jeremy Pena and, you know, all these guys coming up here. So uh, I think, you know, we're definitely need some depth um, and hopefully a little more reliable. The bullpen's been good, but, you know, they don't have like a, a like a lockdown closer, like a Ryan Presley or somebody that, you know, you feel really, really good about. I mean, even in that, you know, final game that they lost, it was like extra innings, like every, every, you know, reliever they put out that wasn't Munoz or Seawald. It was just like holding, holding my breath, you know, yeah. just like I could walk a guy, you yeah. know, could, 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 you know, could descend the game. And whereas I think, uh, was it, um, was it Luis Garcia? Yeah. It was Luis Garcia, right. Mm-hmm. He was coming in and, and I'm like, this is unfair when they're yeah. throwing out their, their third starter or whatever. Yeah, he can go multiple innings and do his yeah. thing. It's just like, yeah, this is right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, uh, this is, this is cheating. I, the yeah. game is pretty much over. Um, yeah, I think playoffs are in the picture. Um, I think we're going to need some depth. You know, I think it's unlikely to expect that all of these players are going to stay healthy, um, you know, unless Kalenic hits or something, um, you know, that'd be great. But realistic standpoint, uh, you know, I haven't been around here for the Mariners for too long, but I've been around long enough for 15 plus years that I realized that uh, keep your expectations in check. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I just got to enjoy, enjoy the ride and don't get too 
too high there but it but it's it definitely feels good i, I told some of my friends i felt like 2022 might have been a year early right like I, I felt like 2023 would have been the year so the fact that they had some success a little bit of taste of playoff stuff uh i think they'll be in the playoffs but you know there's a lot of american league teams that are pretty competitive so yeah. i think it's you know it's hard i mean you know, you can laugh about the Red Sox, but there could be a, you know, there could be a wild card team. Mm-hmm. You know, Yankees, Yankees aren't afraid to add anybody. Um, Blue Jays, you know, are up there too. AL Central always somehow they always find a couple competitive teams. Make that, it interesting. Know. They always yeah, make it interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, I think it's hard. You know, they're just, but, but I like the core. I think we need more depth, though. That's that's definitely a concern. Is the is the depth beyond the starting lineup? So. Well, you got the one of the best GMs in baseball when it comes to adding depth. So he'll find some way to to do something. It might be an interesting trade because we've seen that before too. Like, wow, you're trading this guy away. Yeah, it works out in the end. So we'll see how it goes with him. But uh, Corbin, I appreciate it, man. This was fun chatting with you, talking some Mariners baseball. Um, before we log out of here, remind everybody what you got coming up and where they can find you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Good chat with you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Corbin underscore Young21. Uh, like I said, right now, the most actionable thing I've got coming up is the Facts and Flukes article for Baseball HQ. Uh, slowly rolling out that schedule. Uh, I think my first one will come out next week. Um, then after that, yeah, it'll, in, in February. So we'll be picking up pretty much every week. Uh, probably the same on your end with uh, playing time and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, Pace will be picking up here on the offseason. I might throw some extra, you know, deep dives here um you know personal blog or something here and there to kind of put out some research there um but just kind of the fun of it doing some of the research and sharing it out there and yeah so thanks for having me on no problem i'm looking forward to seeing it i love your content so keep it coming everybody if you're not following them yet check them out again on twitter at corbin underscore young 21 this was your bench with bubba seattle mariner season preview with corbin young catch you guys next time way to win up to 25 times your money this football season test your skills on prize picks the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports just select two or more players pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of statistics and place your entry it's as easy as that if you have the skills you can turn ten dollars into 250 dollars with just a few taps easy gameplay quick withdrawals and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app ready to test your skills join the prize picks community of more than 7 million football fans who have already signed up right now prize picks will match your first deposit up to 100 just visit prizepicks.com get 100 and use code GET100. That's code GET100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.